Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. We talk equity research, CFA, and career paths in this weekly chat with the WSO interns. Enjoy. Let us hit record. So welcome everybody for to I think weekly meeting number seven, six or seven, Nabil. It's up there. One six, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's up there. Um, Six. Okay, thanks, Brandon. Um, Oh, six. So I think uh, today it's it's we don't have a lot of people on today. I think as the time is later, so um, it can be you know you guys can be more selfish and ask more questions about your own stuff. (laughs) But for the people who are new here, if there's anyone who didn't join last week or any of the previous weeks, um, feel free to ask us questions first on just the internship itself, the finance research analyst internship with WSO. And um, so we can start there. Otherwise, we can open up to career-based questions um, or anything about resumes, anything about uh, interviews, anything about career paths, uh, you name it. It's it's all fair game. So let's start with uh, uh, the internship-specific questions. Does anybody have questions? And I know we're behind on editing. We have yeah. a lot of people waiting. Their, their articles are waiting to be edited. Um, we have moved some of the writers over to help us edit um, just because it's been a crazy new flow of new interns starting these last two to three weeks. So um, we have moved more people over to that that role to help us kind of reduce that bottleneck. But you should be expecting um, feedback ideally in the next few weeks as that that part of the team grows, as the editing team grows. Yeah. We know there's a need there. And there's a need for uploaders as well to help us get them live. Once it's all done, getting it actually live takes another hour or so. <laughs> yeah. So um, is there any questions on the internship itself? Welcome, Trung. Welcome, uh, Rehan. Does anybody have questions? Nothing. Okay. Anything around specific career advice that we can give you? Welcome investment ranker. <laughs> I love the name. If not, it might be a, it's going to be a real short call if we don't have any questions. Hey, Walter. Hey, so I have a question. Um, so I'm looking to get into equity research. I know a lot of people talk about uh, investment banking. Uh, but what do you think is the best path uh, to getting into equity research? Um, I've, I spoke to some some people who do work in investment banks, um, and they were telling me that 
becoming a portfolio manager is a good step or like an assistant portfolio manager or some places I think they call it associate portfolio manager and then working your way from there to then becoming a equity research analyst. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, give us a little bit more about your background. Like where are you working? Are you in school? What year? What, what's up? What are you doing right now? Um, yeah. So right now I attend a community college, but I graduate um, this fall. And then after I'm going to a uh, university. Um, as a, as a junior or as a. Yeah, as a junior. Okay. Where, where are you going? Do you know yet? Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, Iowa University. Nice. Congrats. Um, and I, what I do like about is they have a, they have a, I think they have like a, they have a fund that the student manage. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems like it's, a, it's been a really successful fund in the past uh, 20 years. I think it's ranked like the highest uh, growth in colleges. I don't know, but I've, I've done some research about it and I think it's a really good um, school to get into, especially for equity research. That's great. Yeah. And I think uh, being involved with that stuff on campus is going to be pretty critical as well. Just to help build out the resume. I think this internship will help a lot. Um, If you're looking to get an equity research, definitely look at like the more equity research oriented terms to write about. So valuation, DCF, um, specific, um, anything around portfolio management or asset management, asset allocation, that type of stuff. Mm. Um, I think would be relevant if you feel like the portfolio management path is the way in. Um, Nabil, what do you think about the CFA for equity research? Yeah, pretty pretty helpful there, yeah, for equity research, yeah. Have you considered the CFA, Walter? Yeah, I have. Um, So since I know that you could take it on your senior year, so uh, so starting this January, I'm going to get the books and all and try to complete the, the level one. That's great. Yeah, um, yeah but also I've noticed a lot of a lot of people who go into equity research seems like they don't stay there for for too long. It seems like it's an entry point for like other places to go. That's that's what it seems like for me. Um, and then so my question would be is why why do you think it's not you know like something that's long term? I think it's really hard to get an analyst seat. Um, I think those analysts stick around for a long time, and so. It's one thing to get become an associate under them. And again, it's reverse. So the analyst is the senior to the associate in equity research, as I'm sure you know, but just for the people who don't. So if you're an ER associate, you're basically helping them put their models together, keeping track of the, you know, the the names that they're covering and stuff like that. Um, I think it's probably not a long-term career for a lot of people just because. It gets a little bit. Uh, it's a little. It's pretty rigorous um, around earnings season, especially keeping all those names updated. So that's tough. Um, there's a lot of like ebb and flow around what banks, you know, how much they're investing in their equity research arm or not. So like you see the the teams really grow and then shrink and they grow and you know depending on um, the service because it's it's seen a little bit more as a cost center at times. It's not always able to support itself as a revenue generation part of the bank. Um, so those things make it a little bit tougher um, as a long-term career in the sense of like, it's pretty rigorous. Um, you're subject to market moves. Um, you're subject to like earning season, the, the hell of earning season. <laughs> um, and, and even the fact that you probably want to go to somewhere where the action is, right? You don't want to sit in equity research. You probably want to join a fund. Uh, if, if, if you're pretty good at it, that makes 
a lot more, I mean, monetarily too. A lot more upside. Yeah, exactly. Than sitting in ER for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like if you're to if you're really good at looking at stocks and analyzing companies, theoretically, you know, a hedge fund may be a more interesting exactly. path for you. Or even a, even just a long manager like a fidelity, even then there's still some place where you can pick stocks. It's not all ETFs yet. <laughs> yeah. Not all baskets. Um, so does that help, Walter? I mean, I don't want to discourage you because I think, you know, if you really have a passion for it, it's great. Um, just, just know kind of that it's not the easiest path. It's very competitive to get into. And, you know, I think you're thinking about it the right way of like, okay, what's first potentially to, to get into um, in order to kind of show my interest, but I think get it, keep a high GPA. You know, you sh- if you're really passionate about it, you should be writing about specific names. Maybe if you can, if you know specific sectors or industries you're interested in, start trying to cover like five to seven names and see if you can like track them and like form an opinion. Um, yeah, you know, start building valuation models. Yep. Yeah, start building like over, over two three years of school, you could you could have a good track record of like where you went wrong, where you went right. That matters a lot in in ER, like. Uh, people like if you start writing reports now and you're able to find a pattern where you can see where where the stocks are headed like uh and then you, uh, once you're recruiting you could send those reports to people uh, yeah, or even publish it online yeah publish it online seeking alpha yeah. so i was actually speaking of that uh, um, so the, the university that i'm going to um they have a valuation class where the class is pretty much just based on valuating uh a given company and you write an equity research report um, by the end of the class. So I was kind of looking forward to uh, starting that class as soon as I get into that university mm-hmm. and um, kind of build like a fundamentals of, okay, this is how it's, this is how the report is written. This is how you actually evaluate the company. Yeah. My, and my later on I can, yeah. And then later on I could do that in my free time and then kind of like put that on my LinkedIn and just kind of show my tracks. Absolutely. I think that's critical. My only point was you're starting as a junior there. Like, I don't know what, you know, you said you're graduating next fall. Right? Or sorry, this fall. This fall. So you're graduating. Uh, so what, six, six months or so? Yeah, in about six months. Yeah. So, so, you know, once you kind of get through this, it might be a good, it might be good for you to start. You don't need to wait for that class to learn how to write an equity research report. Okay. Um, like, I think you could do, you could Google it and start just following a name or two, just doing something. And then it'll actually make that class probably more interesting in the sense that you'll be able to like um, dive deeper. It'll be really easy for you. Yeah. Once you kind of do that. I, I just think if that's the way you want to go, like you're starting junior year, right? You're not starting freshman year. So it's like, you don't have a ton of time to be doing the net. And like, I'd actually highly, highly suggest that, you know, I don't know how much networking you're doing right now. Um. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to work for, um, I don't know if you know, Principal Financial. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really trying to get into that. Like, uh, they, would they have uh, like an internship program or something? They they do have an internship, but you have to at least start your CFA or uh, be an MBA student. So that's what I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait till my senior year once I at least pass uh, CFA one and then start applying to that. I've actually applied to... Uh, to like some internships, but since I'm in a two-year institution, yeah, a lot of them won't even take me. Yeah. So I got to wait till I get into the four-year. Yeah. Um, but, but I wouldn't wait to get into the four-year before you start talking to people in the industry. 
Okay. Yeah. That, I, that's I, my I'm point. Sorry. Like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't put all your eggs in the basket of this principal thing. I would, cause you know, who knows, maybe senior you apply and like, they're like, no, sorry. And you're like, oh, that's what I was planning on doing forever. And um, so like maybe this summer after you work through this, you could potentially um, like, if you could get something in July or August and get through there the, get through the WSO thing fast, gets, that's probably going to land that having this internship on your resume will probably land you a lot more opportunities in equity research, potentially as an intern somewhere, maybe a small little research shop somewhere. Yeah. Um, and that would look really good. Um, even if you're only like fetching coffee, <laughs> just having a name on there, like, and you know, looking at the models that they built, looking at how they did like channel checks, all that stuff is just going to, it's going to make you uh, more well-rounded and, and more importantly, it's going to start building like the relationships in the industry. Um, so do you use, are you leveraging LinkedIn right now? I know you're saying, oh, not a lot of people are like, they won't take me as an intern, but what about, yeah. what about like just connecting with people? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely growing my LinkedIn uh, currently. What do you, are you looking to stay in, are you looking to stay in Midwest long term? Uh, yeah, I'm looking to stay, yeah, in the Midwest. Um, okay. It seems like it's, you know, the East Coast is where, or like other places is where, that's where you can actually get the good jobs. But here it's, it seems a little limited. Yeah, a lot less there. But I mean, so I would I would highly recommend that you treat, you know, this this internship, you get through it as fast as you can. Um, and then you actually start um you, you know, start or or alongside it in parallel, you start reaching out to like, I don't know. Well, I actually out. I applied to Barclays um and I did like the assessments. I guess they have a really long assessment. That you do a video interview and you do yeah, like, interview. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I've done that. So I'm just going to kind of like, I just did it to do it, but we'll see if I can actually hear back, but it's for actually uh, next, next semester or not, sorry, next summer. Um, so if they, if they contact me, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere, even if it's to the UK, just to you know, get the internship. That's great. Yeah. My only point is like, you know, dropping your resume, getting a higher view here and there is the odds are still so stacked against you. So the yeah. only way to tilt they start tilting the odds in your favor, especially if you're at an aisle, which is like Midwest, you're not in the East Coast, you're not in, a, a, in New York, you're not, the way to tilt the odds in your favor and give yourself a better shot are to actually build a ton of connections in, in the industry and then keep up to date with them. So can, can I ask this though? Because I've, I've listened to a lot of um, podcasts and other interviews. Yeah. So, we, so I think we talk, and even other people, they talk a lot about um, like connecting with other people, but how do you, I feel like I'm really good at building rapport with people, but how do you actually ask the question of like, hey, I'm interested, for example, I'm talking to a person that is an equity research analyst. Yep. How do you actually tell them like, hey, there's a job opening. Can you try to get me in? Like without sounding, you know, too forceful or, you know, whatever. That's a great, yeah, it's a great question. I think that there's always like that nervousness or that like, do I explicitly ask? Do I explicitly bring the resume? Do I send the resume yeah. versus like just having a conversation? I think um, for the most part, you don't need to ask. Um, I think if they like you, they will typically say, hey, well, let me, you know, send me your resume. Let me put put in a good word. But while well, you can be like, oh, wow, really, I greatly appreciate it. There actually is a role, i.e. our associate internship or whatever role that would be interesting to me, but you know, no, I really appreciate anything you can do in terms of just, just letting me interview. Um, 
that's typically how it goes. But I think where you're going to, if you, if you're going to build a rapport, you're comfortable on the phone. Um, you have to think of it as like selling yourself, like as a sales funnel. So like you want to make sure the top of the funnel is as big as possible. And yeah. you're, gonna, you're putting in as many leads as possible to that. If you don't do that, you're not going to get enough phone calls. Um, you're just not getting enough phone calls to, to convert into interviews. Right. Cause like, and you're also not going to be good at interviewing the first few times. <laughs> yeah. Even, I feel even like I'm you, terrible at it. Yeah. Even if you thought, I mean, it's funny because some people think they're good and then they're like, I don't know why I'm not getting any second rounds. And it, it takes a long, it's a skill just like anything else. And the, the networking calls will actually make you a better interviewer. It'll, it'll help you kind of hone your story. You'll like get off the phone call and be like, Oh, I can't believe I said that. That sounded so bad or that was cheesy. Yeah. And you won't do that again. Um, so like getting into that, like developing that skill where you're like getting good at selling yourself and connecting to people that are where you want to be. Yeah. Is the absolute most important thing you could ever learn in your career. Like by far. Like, even if you're a complete moron, you know, nothing about valuation, whatever. If you're like an incredible networker and schmoozer, you can get really far. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you won't get fired on the job later, <laughs> but like you can actually land a job just like by people liking you and seeing and like asking the right questions. Okay. Yeah. So like, I, I think there's a lot of like, uh, Hey, I'm going to get to school. I'm going to take this course and this course is going to make me more valuable or like make, give me the skill set where I can talk about it more. And I think as long as you're showing like interest and you're asking like legitimate questions around like, what's the, you know, the day-to-day -day like, or what names are you covering? What industry um, is it? Do you find that interesting? How long you've been there? What's like, what's your plan? Are you going to stick around? You know, how does that look? If you're asking these types of questions in terms of like, um, I think it's, I think it just shows a lot of curiosity, a lot of drive. And I think they're going to want to probably try to help you, especially if you can find alum um from iowa or uh, alum from the midwest yeah actually the guy that i spoke to he's uh he's an alumni for for iowa he told me about that valuation class and he actually works for that uh, specific bank um and then he also after, after the call um he also gave me his email and told me to stay in touch as i progressed through so i think that that sounds like a good a good That's lead one that's one person, oh, no. <laughs> but that's great. But like you did, you did that on that, on that one person. He's true. He wants to help you. Yeah. So like, imagine if you had 10 people like that. Yeah, I agree. I Calling agree. for you. Then like, you're in really good shape because you know, you're at least going to get two or three interviews, like coming out of juniors, you know, junior year for full time. If you have like 10 people that really like you, you're yeah. going to be in good shape, at least to land that first round interview. And then hopefully by that point, you've done, you've done the class. You kind of know the talk. You know, you've done our valuation course, you've done our DCF modeling course, you kind of like have the chops to, to not just, you know, talk to talk, but walk the walk in terms of uh, knowing all the lingo and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for answering uh, all my questions. No worries. Yeah, good luck, man. It sounds like you're in the, on the right path. So keep it up. I would just say just like ramp up the networking. This is what I always tell people. Like you've heard my interview, like just ramp it up. Yeah. You can, okay. you can connect to people in about 10 seconds, a person um on linkedin you can request 100 connections a day and you'll probably get like 10 to 15 new connections a day and from there maybe 10 percent will actually get on the phone with you okay. so like that means you could be having a call almost every day from, from somebody with a cfa or in equity research um within a few months you could be having like one to you know let's say three calls minimum a week with these people it's crazy to think about that but it's, it's true so
especially if you're not limiting yourself to just Iowa or Midwest, then you have a huge pool to, to network with. But anyways, yeah, thanks for the, thanks for the thoughts and you're on the right path. Uh, investment rankers is study uh, Damodoran and learn all the valuation there is to learn. Agreed. Yeah, study Damodoran. Dan, he has some great articles in terms of like valuations of different companies at different stages. Some really interesting stuff if you go back in history. Um, somebody else had their hand up. Was it you, Brandon? Uh, Brandon. Brandon, yeah. do you have a question? Oh, yeah, I think there's something in, in the chat if you want to get to that first, because I think it's probably more valid than what I'm about to ask. Oh, what was I going to say? There's a little bit further up. Uh, okay, what are the chances of landing a role in buy-side equity research directly after college? Is that possible? Um, you know, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I'm sure there's places you could get it straight out of college, but you probably have to show a lot of a lot of knowledge and have been doing the networking and like had that track record a little bit prior to being given like that opportunity. I, I wouldn't, I'll never say it's impossible. It's just probably, it's a, it's a longer shot. Um, so in that sense, um, I'm not as well versed in equity research, to be honest, because like I didn't do it. Um, but it's a good question. I think probably possible, but very hard is it would be my guess. Um, yeah, you'd have to work a lot in college, just build up that rapport, like uh, and get, get reports and impress, and impress some people with what you're writing. exactly yeah but then getting into the big banks uh yeah that can be hard they'd still look for something some experience yeah yeah they're too structured yeah but small shops yeah for sure anything's possible um how much math is too much i'm doing some articles about uh, microeconomics and in general i use a lot of math but i know most people don't don't like it as much as i do Luis, is this, is this uh, around like the types of the article you're writing? I'd say um, if you're talking about like integrals and like uh, like marginal utility, micro like marginal utility, I think you, you, microeconomics is a huge topic. So it's very tough to like tell you not to go there, but I'd really focus on more like the keywords around microeconomics and those topics, the subset of subtopics. So like, uh, I don't even know what the main topics under micro is. Even though I was an economics major, can you remember like marginal utility and unit economic? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say some math is fine, but I wouldn't go crazy deep, like complex on it. Um, Cause then I think you're gonna end up with a 10,000 word article. Um, let's see. Brandon says, as emailing the CFA Institute, you apparently can just start early. I registered in my third year, but they won't let you write level two till you graduate. That's a little uh, funky, but it's an option if you want to start early. Thanks, Brandon, for the tip. Um, anybody else? Any other questions? Yeah, I just had like two quick bits. Um, I know I kind of asked something similar to this before, but maybe I just want to clarify something. Sure. Um, really like, for the word count, I should probably target it to be approximately similar to our competitors. Like if they're writing something that's like 4,000 words, I'd write close to 4,000. But if they're writing like 800 words, I'd probably want to keep it around about 800. Just 800 like, to 1,000, yeah. Thousand ideally probably, more, yeah. ideally a little bit more. Yeah, um, I think I've added more to some of the articles that I've done um, by comparison to what the competitors are doing. But like one of them, uh, I think, three or four of the articles were like 800 words and I stretched it out to like 1500, but 
yeah. without without right. making a whole new article in each subsection, right? Yeah, and I think that's the challenge because sometimes you'll have a a broad topic like microeconomics, but then under the economics branch, we have like fifteen articles that could theoretically fall under micro. Yeah, I was doing. I just finished my like uh, private equity uh, transaction stages or timeline. Oh, cool. I mean. Cool. And like, so one of them, let's say like was quality of earnings. And I know that's like, it's full own. Article. Oh, that could be its whole own thing. You know what? Um, we're releasing a private equity deal process course soon. Um, B2C and we've been training, we've been training private equity funds on this. That might actually be interesting to get that deck over to you to see how it compares to what you wrote. Oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think it's in review right now. So like, okay, yeah, we'll see what people can make any changes. Um, and then, yeah, one more other thing. I don't know um, who was just on, but you were saying, yeah, like start doing some of your own equity research. One of the things that was suggested to me, I just think it maybe it's relevant, but yeah, sure, sure. Um, an equity research analyst or not an analyst, an associate was telling me he started like a sort of like an anonymous substack through Twitter and he just released his like equity research. And uh, it was just a fun thing for him to do, but it's a good way to get some practice. And I think he charged like $10 a month for people to view it. So you can make some money doing it too. It's, it's a fun way to do it. And I guess when you go into like an interview, you can say like, here's what I've done. And like, yeah. And if you're actually really good and detailed. Yeah. You have like work to show, right? Yeah. Then you can build up a little audience. What if like, you know, what if like a hundred people actually subscribe to you and you get a grand a month <laughs> for your work, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was the idea. Right. So yeah, I thought that was probably useful. That's great. I love it. I love it. Especially if like you're not in the most obvious names. Um, if you're in like the middle market or like small cap world where the coverage is like one analyst or like something like that, and you're not like covering Apple or Microsoft or Google, and you're going after these maybe smaller caps, like maybe you're like focused on like solar or like mining or something like that, or like you just you understand a specific subsector and you go deep on those. Um, you'd be surprised like how quickly you can build a name for yourself on Twitter and whatever, because like people are always looking like other analysts and research are always looking at like who's writing about their names to, to learn more. Um, and so that's a great way to get um, ingratiated with, with the, the people who are already doing it and be like, wow, this kid's super sharp. Um, that's a good point I hadn't realized. Um, obviously, you probably want to practice first and write a few before you start like releasing them out. And get I had no idea how many people did it too, which was kind of surprising because the one guy I was talking to, he like just sent me this list of people who like anonymously post equity research. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. I think it's, a, it's very smart. It's obviously a lot of work, but if you're going to be doing it for your job, it's like, what better way to show that you're capable than actually doing the work and showing that you have a passion for it. It's very, it's much, it's so much more powerful in an interview to be like, well, actually I've been writing equity research for two years. <laughs> right. Um, and specifically on these names. And then they ask you and then they drill down on the names and you know it and then boom, done. You're like higher. You're like, you're so much further ahead than other, than other uh, college kids who haven't been doing that. So I love that. Anything else from people here? Oh, and is this your first week on here? I think I recognize your name. I definitely recognize you, Brandon. Thanks for showing your face. <laughs> no offense to the people who have their camera off. Camera off. Um, Nabil, anything else? Patagonia Vest, yeah. 
Uh, everyone asked for the WSO Patagonia vest. Uh, I think you guys will like the t-shirts if, uh, if when you get them. Yeah, when I thought I recognized your name, Owen. Welcome back. Um, hopefully next week we'll get a much bigger showing. I think we'll move it back to the normal time when it's not so late. Um, for some of you, I mean, a lot of people. We have a lot of people in India and in Dubai and all around the world. Um, in Europe, it's really late there for them. So I'm Pacific time, so I I selfishly moved it because I wasn't going to get back to my desk in time. Um, Anything else from people we can call it if uh, there's nothing else, Nabil, anything else you want to highlight to the small group here? Uh, no, I think, I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep it short this week. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for everybody for joining and yeah, stay tuned for, for more updates from the, from the chat. You'll notice we're, we're giving shout outs to people now as things go live. Um, yeah. And get things live just to keep people updated in terms of like what's actually what the team is putting out. So I think it's more, it's exciting. It's motivating. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll be doing that. Yep. Talk soon. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. Until next time.